Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's your co-host with the most, Chaz, a.k.a. Mr. Do Too Much Sometimes, a.k.a. I used to have a lot of cameras, now I don't. Um, today's podcast is a little different. What me and Aaron are trying to do is, um, you know, be more consistent with delivering you guys podcasts. So we're trying to do different type of segments. Um, I believe Aaron right now is with um, Luke and um, man, who else is he with? He's with somebody else. I can't remember. But I know these guys are about to shoot a wedding today. Um, I wish y'all the best of luck. I know you guys have um, probably outdone yourselves. You know, I expect nothing but the best from you all. Um, but anyways, that track that you just heard, that track was actually off of Music Bed. Um, if you haven't heard the news yet, we're actually sponsored by Music Bed. Um, you know, I know you get tired of listening to whack music, whack wedding music, man, and I promise you, I promise you, Music Bed has the best royalty-free music that you can download anywhere, man. I've been on all the platforms. You guys know I'm not new to the wedding game. I'm not new to videography. Um, so I definitely know, you know, all the different platforms when it comes to downloading uh, royalty-free music and getting good stuff. Um, they actually partnered up with us to offer, um, if you subscribe to get the wedding package on music bed you get the first month free by just using the coupon code story over everything you can also get 20 percent off if you just purchase one song you get 20 percent off of that if you use that same coupon code story over everything um you know it's just we're trying to bring you guys you know we're trying to make life a little easier that's what this podcast is all about you know you can waste your money with you know, using other platforms for music, or you can just go ahead and invest in your brand and get it right the first time. Um, but this segment right here is called Chilling with Chaz. So all it is is just me doing little rants or whatever. Um, I'm currently actually packing for, it's Saturday morning, I'm packing for a wedding, cleaning up my lenses. That could be the nugget of the day, guys. You. Check your lenses, man. You know, check your lenses, check your camera sensors because you would really hate to get in the post and you got this speck of dust or something on your lens that you can't get rid of. And it's just, you know, it's a simple thing that you can do to make sure that you're squared away and good to go for today. So, um, I had caught, oh, I know who's shooting with Aaron. It's Anthony. Anthony, I didn't forget about you. Well, I kind of forgot about you, but not in a bad way. Like, in a that, well, I remembered you, okay? So, sorry, Anthony. Anyways, <laughs> um, the first topic I wanted to talk about, Kyle from the group, he, um, he hit me up the other day and he was asking, did I do weddings full time or was I still working or, and um, basically he was saying like, it's beating them up, you know? It's, it's, it's really hard to maintain the the work-life balance and, you know, stay good at your craft, stay on top of it, stay consistent with everything. And um, it really hit a sweet spot with me because um, for a lot of you guys, um, the goal is to be full-time. Some people it might not be. Um, currently, I'm, I'm still working. Um, I really don't know why. I just, I guess it gives me something to do 
during the week. Um, but it does. It's probably the hardest thing about doing weddings is the whole work life balance. Um, I think one of my biggest pointers is that you do have to have time for yourself. Um, don't don't always use your downtime to do something else. Like, I know you guys might have to edit. I know you gotta go to this shoot. I know you gotta work. I know you gotta spend family time. Sometimes it's okay to break away from all of that and just take time for yourself, with yourself. Like, even if you're even if you're married with kids, you know, it's okay for you know, a couple hours of solitude just to kind of recenter yourself mentally. Um, physically, it'll wear you down trying to balance all this stuff as well, but it's really about prioritizing, you know, what's important right now. Um, what can be what can be done with the downtime that you have or what should be done with the downtime that you have. For example, let's say Let's say you work full time, you work Monday through Friday, um, eight to five. Those are normal working hours. Um, you got kids at home, you're married. So as soon as you get home, the kids want to play. The wife wants to talk to you about, or the husband wants to talk to you about their work day, this and that. Um, that stuff, it kind of can't be avoided. But like your, let's say your Sunday, let's say you have a wedding on Saturday. This is what I do. So my Sundays, my Sundays are for me. Like, if I'm really beat, I'm not doing anything. Like, because I already know Monday morning is back to the the, the work grind. Um, so it's really about finding time for yourself to recover. Uh, you can, you can, so... I think what a lot of people don't understand, they say, they say they're grinding. They say their grinding is 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 when they go to work and they work Monday through Friday, whatever the 40 hours a week. But I think a long time ago, I was listening to Gary V. Gary Vaynerchuk, I believe is his correct name. Um, if you can hear that lawnmower in the back, I'm sorry. I don't you shouldn't be able to, but I can hear it. So whatever. But um. Gary, he said, um, if you're working a regular job, that's not your grind. Your grind is what you do when you get off from your regular job. So I think with with starting a business and, you know, trying to grow it, you really, really, really have to be in the mud and grind hard in the beginning. You know, it's going to be a lot of late nights, um, early mornings. Because that's when you're, that's when you're basically, that's when you should be in the lab, you know, when everybody's sleep or I know a lot of people that wake up earlier just to get things done. So maybe you work eight to five, your ground will be you waking up at 430 to answer emails, to work on the edit, to update your website, your social media. That's the real grind. You go into the eight to five, that's just zombie mode. Like, I don't really know anybody that really like works, works at their job, you know? Um, so keep that in mind. The grind is the grind is what you do 
when you're off of work. That's the real grind. That's the grind that pays off. That's the grind that grows your business. Um, so yeah, if work-life balance, balancing weddings, work-life, it's a hard thing, guys. But understand, it gets better with time. It just, it just kind of does. Like, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. But I guess it's like, it's like growing a plant or something. Growing growing fruit or vegetables. Like, it's a lot more harder in the beginning, but then at the end it just harvests itself. It does its thing. It's, um, and that's just the way it is. I, I don't think anybody's mastered the work-life balance thing. Um, second thing I wanted to talk about is, like, what are your end goals? I think in the beginning, we just think like, yo, I wanna work for myself. And we don't think any deeper into it. But especially when you're doing weddings, I don't, I don't think you want to do weddings when you're, you know, 50 years old or whatever. I'm, I don't I don't know. You know, you might be you might be 50 now. I'm not sure. But I think we always need to have what's the end goal in the back of our minds. You know, every time we go to a wedding or whenever we're editing or with whatever you do. It's kind of like, um, it's like you're not gonna run a marathon and, and not know the finish line is coming, you know, or what the finish line consists of. So, you know, with me, I don't, I think with Aaron as well, I think it's just to own a production company. You know, you can, to shoot, like weddings are great, don't get me wrong, but weddings are also work. And I don't think anybody wants to work, work their whole life, you know. So for me to have a production company um, that I know I started back in, you know, 2012. And I, I worked my butt off for so many years. And now I have, you know, employees where we're doing multiple things at the same time. We're making five and we're, we're getting five and six figure paychecks where we got hired to do a, a movie or whatever, I think that's kind of the end goal for me. Like, I think I'll be like, okay, I made it, you know? So maybe you guys, just something to think about, man. My, um, not everything that I'm talking about today is like, uh, yo, do this and your life is gonna be amazing. Like, nah, I'm just ranting, man. I'm sitting here, like I said, I'm packing up my stuff. We're trying to get you guys some more content. Um, Let's see here. This is a pretty cool one, and I thought about standing out from the crowd. Um, I think everybody, I think about 90%, 90% of people in the um, wedding videography industry honestly think all of our stuff looks the same, man. And that's including me, you know. Um, There's a couple cats out there that have really really like it's to the point where I watch their videos and I'm like yo how did they do this like how in the world it's not the typical it's not the typical bride preps it's not the typical reception edits it's some cats out there man that I think they start at five figures and I promise you it's worth it and um I think that's one of like my next goals is to 
to figure out how to step it up, how to step it up even more. You know, I think I'm pretty good at what I do, but I know there's always room for improvement. So I want you guys to think about what can you do differently, you know, instead of the the normal wedding stuff. Um, again, there's nothing wrong with the normal, but you also have to think about, well, why would this couple pick me over the next? If we all look the same, then it's gonna come down to pricing or availability or, you know, who they click with. And I don't think I want that to be my determining factor when it comes to booking a wedding. I want people to book me and pay the price that I'm asking because nobody else is doing what I'm doing, you know? Um, I want to experience different things at weddings. I don't want it to be the same old same, like every wedding that I have is about the same, you know, in a nutshell. But I feel like there's so much more out there. You know, I, I see a lot of people that get hired for destination weddings and, and like they have so much downtime that they're really able to get creative with um, the story that they tell. You know, like, um, who was it? The Brother Martins. They did this one video. I don't even remember who showed me. It might have been Aaron. Somebody put me on game to it. But, guys, this thing was like, this thing was like a movie movie. Like, like you watched it anticipating what was coming up next. You know, the, the, the music you know, it brought you in. Matter of fact, this is a segue. Don't forget, music bed, 20% off, story over everything, promo code, free month subscription. Yeah, I had to do that one. But um, it was, it was like everything was just, you ever watch the video and you're like, man, I wonder how many people did they have doing this, shooting this? I think it's only two of these guys that, that did this particular film, but I think it came to them um, really using their time wisely when it came to shooting and not just waiting for, you know, particular moments. That's also a part of the real nugget of the day. Um, but yeah, man, start trying to think outside of the box. I remember Aaron's dopest shot. He just it was this shot where he was out in the woods with a with a groom or something like that. And it was by like a creek. And he like dipped the GoPro in the creek water. <laughs> it was a transition. It was a transition shot, but yo, it was the dopest thing I ever seen Aaron do. He laughs every time I say it, but like I'm I'm very serious, you know, like it was I don't know, maybe I need to start training myself to think outside of the box a lot more. Cause I, me personally, I wouldn't ever thought about dipping the, the GoPro in the water for a transition shot. Like it was really dope guys. I wish there was a way you could see it. Like um, he'll have to plug in, you know, what, what the wedding video is or whatever. So you guys can check it out on your time. But um, yeah, man, let's start thinking outside of the box a little more trying to get a little bit creative when you have the time. Okay, don't get creative when the wedding is already backed up and everything is behind schedule because now you're gonna be that, 
that videographer that nobody likes because you want to keep redoing a freaking stupid shot that nobody really cares about at the end of the day because you're getting creative. Get creative at the right time. Don't get creative whenever the, the idea pops in your head and you're not being considerate of the timeline of the rest of the day. Um, so yeah, that's it for that. That subject, next subject I wanna talk about is outsourcing. Um, a lot of people frown down upon it. I personally, I personally outsource weddings. Um, my wedding edits. Only because I don't really have time. I don't really have time. A lot of people, we, um, I'm cleaning up, I'm spraying out a lens, so, sorry. But a lot of people, we stress about not having time to do particular things or, you know, being, being backlogged with so much stuff. I think the, the reason why I started outsourcing my wedding edits was because I think I'm pretty sure everybody knows who Warren Buffett is. And I was watching a documentary um, on Warren Buffett and this guy said, basically, you're not gonna be an expert of everything in your, in your business. You can't, you can't do it all. Um, you can know about it, but that doesn't mean you're an expert in it. So what he say he does, he says he just hires the expert. Like, so he can focus on, you know, what he's best at, what brings him the most joy. Some of you guys listening to podcasts, you might love editing. Like, that might be your thing. You might not be the best shooter. Like, you know, you might have room for improvement on your shooting skills, but you really love editing. So up to that point, I'm pretty sure your editing backlog isn't isn't crazy. What I would do if I was you, I would I would start marketing to edit for other people, bring in more money, do what you love doing. Don't don't get bogged down on the thing that, you know, kind of dims your light. Like I love shooting. I love, love, love shooting. I love weddings, um, being at the weddings. I love the the rush and the 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 pressure that gets put on that gets put on me when I'm at a wedding. Um, I just really enjoy it. Yeah, not so much editing. You know, editing is just countless hours in front of the, the computer. When I want to edit, I do edit. But nine times out of ten, I'd rather go do something else. Like, and that's just me. That's just me. So. You know, I've I've been fortunate enough to build up my my company enough to where I can charge enough, you know, to hire an editor, you know. Um, and it's not the easiest thing. I know Aaron is afraid of it because he's like a little control freak. But with editing, with outsourcing the edit, it's it's a lot of trial. <coughs> Excuse me. It's a lot of trial and error, and you have to have some some form of patience because what you're doing is you're hiring somebody. <clears throat> you're hiring somebody to mimic what you would normally do. 
they're not you though. That's what you have to understand. This person isn't you. You can train them to get to the point where they're like you, but off the rip, it's not you. So don't expect exactly what you would do, you know, on your first wedding edit that you outsource. Um, couple pointers with that. I would be as descriptive as possible. Send them multiple examples of what you like, what you, um, of, or your videos so they can try to mimic that style. Be very, very, very specific when it comes to the technical stuff as well. Like, um, my company that I use, um, I tell them everything, the frames per second that I want. Um, I give them the time frame, the time range that I want my videos to be, the final videos. Um, what else do I do? I give them a folder of music. What you wanna do is you wanna eliminate a lot of their thinking when it comes to other minor things. You want them to know, you know? So instead of them searching for music, you give them music, you know? If it's to the point, I've even sent off an edit to where I was like, hey, use this song right here. Don't use any other song. Use this song because the bride like really liked the song. But, you know, it's just, again, it's just eliminating, eliminating possible room for error. Um, I always say it, and I don't know if it's offensive to anybody, but I was in the army and one of the acronyms was KISS. K-I-S-S. -S. Keep it simple, stupid. I mean, you can't go wrong with it. You can't go wrong with it. Dummy things down. Have patience with them. Um, oh, yeah, something else. It's not always about the pricing either. Um, it's really, it's really, uh, it's a lot of trial and error when it comes to this, okay? I've had expensive editors. I've had cheap editors. Um, Expensive editor, wasn't worth it. Cheap editor, wasn't worth it. So you kind of got to find like a sweet spot. Um, right now, I would say, I would say for like a, like a four minute highlight or something like that, I think I pay about $300. Um, which might be a little cheap, but you know, I've also worked with this particular company over a year now. So they kind of know my style. I have particular editors that they send my stuff to. And, you know, it just works. I think it's a third world country. So I think they're pretty content with the amount of money that they get because of like the um, exchange rate or something. I'm not sure. I don't even know where they're at. I just, their English, their English isn't quite the best. That's why I made the assumption that they're from a third world country. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, get the weddings done. Get the backlog off your bag. Get that monkey off your bag. Don't stress. Anybody, to me, um, if you're working a nine to five and you still do weddings, I think outsourcing is your best method because you don't have to think about it. You can edit weddings that you desire to 
But the rest, I think you should just let somebody else, you know, carry that load and you just wait. And then when they're done, you check over it, ask them to change whatever you want them to change, and you're done with it. Like, I know a lot of people that do it, a lot. And a lot of the guys that you probably idolize over on YouTube, a lot of them do it themselves. Um, they outsource as well. So it's just something else for you to think about. Um, where am I at? Oh. Okay. So the last thing I want to talk about, <clears throat> and it kind of it kind of ties into everything else that I've been talking about today, is um. Oh, look at that! Right on the sensor. Oh yeah. See, I'm telling you guys, it's super important. Most of y'all probably haven't done anything with your sensor day in your life. Make sure you're watching YouTube videos to figure out, you know, how to and how not to do certain things with your sensor. But, yeah, I'm glad I did that. Anywho, um, so the next thing with it I want to talk about is how to deal with off-schedule weddings. I would say about 98% of the weddings that I go to are off schedule. Like, it doesn't go as planned, okay? And that's fine, that's fine. <clears throat> it's either a good thing or it's a bad thing, okay? So, the good off schedule is when you've gotten pretty much everything that you need and you're kind of just waiting on people to move forward with everything else. The bad off schedule is when you don't have what you need and you're waiting for people to move forward because then it's like crunch time. As soon as it happens, it's just like, like you gotta go a thousand miles an hour to catch up. That's the really bad one. That's the one that I hate. Um, Cause it's never, it's never your fault. You know, it might be, um, it might be like the makeup artist. Maybe she took too long or the hair was off schedule. And maybe you guys were supposed to, you guys are scheduled to start shooting at maybe two o'clock. And, and the, um, the hair was so off schedule that it's now, um, 145 and she's still getting her hair done like those are the off schedules i don't like um i don't mind the off schedules where i've already got the shots that i need and then people are still moving slow like that's fine because it's pretty much on them but the bit of advice that i have for that and again this this ties to the work-life balance thing this ties to the you know standing out from the crowd but the way to handle those particular situations is to use your time wisely. Um, the last thing you want to do is be like sitting down, waiting for something to happen. Um, go out and look for the opportunities. You know, if you're if you're content with what you have, like not every wedding involves you to be moving a thousand miles an hour the whole time you're there. Some weddings are kind of laid back. Um, 
you know, you might walk in and they have everything laid out for you already. Okay, boom, that's done. You know, it took you two minutes. Um, but try to get creative with stuff. And, and when I say getting creative with stuff, I don't mean shooting the same thing 30,000 times. Look for something else to shoot, you know. Um, you never know what might what might pop up while you're, you know, out and about looking for stuff. Only time I sit down in a wedding is pretty much when I'm content with what I have. Um, this comes with just, you know, time, time and knowing, you know, the particular things and the shots that you need or want for, you know, that wedding. But um, in the beginning, I never sat down. I barely ate. Um, I would be like stupid exhausted at the end of a wedding. But I've gotten to the point now where I go to a wedding and I'm more comfortable, you know. Um, this comes with, like I said, it's just, it's just muscle memory. After so many weddings, you just, you kind of develop, I, I guess I can call it like your style of, of filming, your style of working. Um, And it's nothing wrong with, you know, if you move slow. As long as you're not the hold up, it's nothing wrong with moving slow. It's nothing wrong with taking your time. Because as we roll into the nugget of the day, roll that beautiful. Chaz, it's time. The nugget of the day. The nugget of the day, man. The nugget of the day. The nugget of the day. So the nugget of the day is, it's about pacing yourself throughout the day, man. A wedding is definitely a marathon. It's, it's a marathon, man. Um, don't, don't start from the starting line as if you're running a sprint, okay? Because you're gonna crash and burn. Take your time. Think about what you're doing before you press record. Think about the composition. Um, Think about, is this meaningful to the wedding film? Don't just, don't just shoot it, but to shoot something. I hate that. Don't, don't just shoot something to shoot something. Um, if you're gonna shoot something, understand pretty much everything, this is, this is a good, this is another good tip. Pretty much everything inside of a wedding that couple purchased and paid for, okay? So, all the little table decor, this and that, this couple paid for that, you know? All the signages, all the signs, all the pictures they might have posted up somewhere, this couple paid for that. That holds meaning, you know? Don't, don't waste your time looking for meaningless stuff. If you're gonna shoot, you know, something quote unquote meaningless, let it be the meaningless stuff that they paid for not just random whatever, you know. Um, but pace yourself. Understand that you're going to be at this particular thing for, you know, anywhere from 6 to 14 hours. So it's, it, if you slow down and you think about what you're about to do and not just do it, I promise you your production value of the the end wedding film. Let me rephrase that. 
If you slow down and think about what you're going to do before you do it, your production value will raise up. It'll rise. And I say that because your movies will get better. You know, um, me now personally, I, I eyeball, I'm using my viewfinder. I'm using my, my, uh, my, my monitor to compose my shots before I press record. You know, I might look at it and be like, oh no, I need to move this over just a hair. Oh, I see this pole right here. I don't like that pole in my shot. Let me reframe this, you know? You have to think about stuff like that because this is the stuff that all of your high-end photographers think about. What do you what do you think makes a high-end photographer high-end? It's not because they're snapping random shots of everything. It's because they they are thinking about what they're doing before they do it. You know, they're thinking about the composition. They might see a location and they'd be like, okay, well, in this particular um, let's say in front of these two doors, I want the bride on one side. I want the groom on the other side. I want their hands to meet at this middle line in between the door. I want this, ex I want this shot to show the whole front of this building. You know, I want both of those windows to be on the edge of my shot. They think about things like this. And to me, those are the things that make someone that's good, great. Just simple composition. Think about what you do before you do it. Um, and pace yourself, man. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. But um, yeah, that's all I got, man. Aram, give him some more of that smooth groove that I dropped to you, man. Um, if you guys got any questions, feel free to hit us up. Um, join the Facebook group story over everything. Don't forget about Music Bed. 20% off free month to the wedding subscription. And that's all I got for you. Peace.